another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and joining me uh, this afternoon, I have with me uh, the founder of Still Waters Collective, um, which is a, uh, it's a it's like a youth poetry organization. How would you how would you like describe like the exact mission of it? The exact mission of Still Waters Collective is to use creativity to make change. I love that. That's mm -hmm. great. Creativity to make change. Mm -hmm. She owns the Creative Space The Retreat, okay. which is a creative space in Bronzeville. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm excited to talk to her all about her passions, her creativity, and why she does what she does. Fortunate to have her here with me today. Dasha Hamilton, welcome to the show. Great. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. How are you doing today? Today's actually pretty good. It's one of those, uh, outside of this, uh, a no human day. Mm. And as much as I love humans, it's just oh, being able man. to be focused and have paper scattered. I have my yeah. footies on. Oh, right. So yeah. I'm being creative and productive and giggling on the phone <laughs> and texting. So I'm this very happy sure. octopus doing all the things at a pace that's comfortable yeah. a lot of times, especially with doing a lot of the the work that we do, you're in different places and you find that your calendar mm -hmm. is running you. I hate the days where my email oh, is the yeah. boss of me. Right. So this is a day where all those things are still happening, yeah. but I, yeah. <laughs> I feel very much in control of the flow of the day. So, sure. um, so this is one of those great days. Okay. I feel it getting done and I don't feel stressed. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a decompression day mm -hmm, of sorts. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Um, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, like, well, I appreciate you. Uh, stopping by today. Yeah, sure, sure. I uh, mean, one human I can do. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> Just not like a um, a cluster of right. Them. Oh goodness, with uh, an agenda, not today. Oh not yeah, today. <laughs> right. <laughs> not today. No, yeah, I know what you mean. Though, like where the emails, like all the days are color coded and everything like that. I, <laughs> I hear you for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, I um, I mean, right now, like uh, things are pretty quiet for me because like my work hours, like got cut so like I'm only really working on the weekends right now plus South by Southwest got canceled right which is frustrating I was gonna go and I'm frustrated yeah I knew of a group of artists that were going when I heard the news I went oh there are about 27 people who need a hug right now seriously <sighs> yeah um um that or uh, a case of beer which I both uh, yeah a hug and a case of beer yeah <laughs> It's the Milwaukee way. Yes, most certainly. Um, so, yeah, I've had a lot of those uh, decompressing days because uh, so I fill them up with podcasts. Nice. Which, but that is kind of how I like. Uh, it's how I like to connect with people. Right. You know, I'm a, generally a pretty. I'm pretty introverted by nature. You know, so um, yeah. So uh, what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity, mm -hmm. and um, so. I've known of you for a long time. Um, I, because I, um, first actual like introduction was um, I worked with somebody named uh, no, who goes as Sam the poet mm -hmm. um, at Starbucks, and we became good friends. And I, through her, I met a bunch of other poets like that were in the scene. So like I met Destiny Fletcher, mm -hmm. I met Mikey Cody Apollo. I used to work with Aaliyah McHatton. Um, uh, I know sunshine, you know, like I know how have we been these close degrees honestly. away and we're just now having this conversation. You know what? The universe knew what it was doing. Yeah, it's it, true. It was, it was, we weren't ready. Yeah, right. Or maybe the universe wasn't ready. Oh, true. But wow, uh, that is such a, that is a list of 
Your My sugar the babies. The sugar babies, yes, right. Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, uh -huh. So uh, the, the folks over there uh, that um, have uh, been a part of Stillwaters and everything. And um, But yeah, it took until now to like actually be able to formally meet your acquaintance. Mm -hmm. um, I know that you were on the news recently, mm -hmm. um, which was pretty cool. You were on like uh, TMJ, I mm -hmm. believe. Yeah. On the which, radio? TV. TV. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I saw that, you know, hey, she's making moves. You know, she's, <laughs> I take it, were you talking about the retreat or? Yes. Oh, okay, yes, yes, sure. yes, yes. Nice. Mm -hmm. um, well, wonderful. I'm excited to talk about all of that. Um, so I guess to start, uh, Dasha, I'd love to hear a little bit about, uh, yeah, like um, a little bit about growing up. Like, uh, I guess, how did you start finding your, turning your passions into a creative outlet? Did it start with poetry? Not at all. I hated poetry. Hated poetry. I hated poetry. It was a um, torturing session of English class. That's you know, that's six weeks or three days or whatever your teacher was. And it was like these are confounding riddles from old dead white people. Why do we have to do this? Um, and a lot of it was not being able to appreciate how to read poetry on the page. Mm -hmm. So fiction is always in my thing. I've always been a, a reader and a storyteller. So since I was a little, little kid. So I've been writing stories since I was probably nine. Mm -hmm. But I was a kid who always had something to make and do. So it was everything, the crayons and the markers and the paint sets and the clay and the yeah. latch hook and the, the art box. And the art box. The art box, everything. right. <laughs> you know, my father would, you know, like many parents will tease, well, you know, how do we spend all this money on these gifts and you were playing with the damn boxes? Yeah. Like, well, had you got me the Barbie townhouse, I wouldn't have had to make one, sir. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, right. I'm holding accountability here. Right, seriously. Um, but it was just easy to go to, and my mind worked to, well, what if and how could we and let's make this thing happen and now, as my work, when I talk about creativity and and not that I made this up, but I'm able to translate to people. Remember when you had to figure out what to do with the extra paste mm. or those extra macaroni shells yeah. or this crayon that broke? How do you still get your so the things working backwards? How you learn to problem solve yeah. in the action of making stuff? Mm -hmm just remind you that this making stuff, this crafting, this arting, yes, it's fun, but it's not necessarily just silly play. Right. So, of course, I didn't have any of that articulate language back then. I just right. started making stuff. So, yeah. um, my creative um, was, I would say, the very, very first that I would go back to would be simply making up stories with my mother. Mm. You know, and it's the end. Just the, now I know that the rules of improv, yeah. you say, and then, and then what? And then what? So I was just as a little munchkin, me and my mother just on our errands, just in these and then what stories. Um, and also sketching. So okay. we just would watch her doodle in a way and you know, how do you how do you make an eye? Well, how do you make the hands? Right. So yeah. um, those are my first early memories. So I can remember I'm an army brat. Okay. So I have these benchmarks of how old I was in a moment based on where we were living. So this memory, we were in Georgia, that made me five or six, <laughs> and there's a the morning news show, one of those morning programs, mm -hmm. where you mail in your stories and pictures. I can remember one of my pictures, oh. you know, it was on the Miss Janie show yeah. that morning. Um, so that was like, oh, this could be a thing. Nice. So that lodged in my brain at age of five that this is a thing. I didn't know what the thing was, but I knew it was right. a thing because my picture is on Miss Janie's show. Yeah. <laughs> on the TV. Right. Go back to the universe. Back to knew the universe. it was doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So where did you grow up? Everywhere. Okay. So born here originally in Milwaukee. Uh, my father was um, commissioned in the military. So he um, 
my parents met in college. He commissioned shortly after he graduated. And at four, we were off and running. So from there, it was from here to Georgia, Korea, back here, Indiana, Germany, Virginia, and the oh, list. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Right. You have uh, such a uh, sense of place then, I imagine. Just the opposite. <laughs> Just the opposite. In fact, coming back, you know, so I've been back in Milwaukee a long time. So I've learned the city as a transplant. So I've been back 20, how old is my daughter? 20, 25 years now, okay, right? Sure. But coming back, I didn't, because we've gone to so many different places, that idea of a hometown. Mm -hmm. For me, a hometown has been a permanent address. It's where my grandparents, you know, my family is. It's where we go back to visit sure. for holidays and travel. But it's different from having a heart memory of where this of this pizza place that used to be here, mm -hmm. or having a particular opinion about the best place to get music and yeah. um, memories from friends. So that really makes a town a hometown. So without that, going to folks where there were hometowns, I remember you know not long after college going home um, with uh, my boyfriend at the time. And looking around the bank, we're at the, with the bank with him, and everyone, all the tellers were wearing T-shirts from the high school, mm. and I thought that was weird. Yeah. So, what is it? Because the the high school was going up to state. Mm. So the, I did a closeness. It felt really small. And I remember turning and saying, "Doesn't this make you feel like claustrophobic?" And he goes, "No." I love that. No matter what I need, I know I know somebody who knows somebody. Who, I, who can get me what I need. Um, yeah. So I have a, so at the, the first one I was like, I guess. Yeah. And even then I'm like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. So there wasn't a value, not that I hated it or like I would never, because I had an experience, I didn't have a value for it. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, you know, I have a daughter now who's a sophomore in college, so she's, this is her hometown. Awesome. Right, so not, and she still has a, I, I am part of this, a very healthy skepticism and appreciation of this hometown of hers, but it's where it's her birth city. Yeah. Right. Um, so she has memories of places, and she has a friend that's visiting her now, and so she's taking this friend to all these places and has stories of things that she remembers doing, mm -hmm. um, and working with people and, and being in the city and people who are from Milwaukee and have these narratives. I'm now like, okay, I guess I kind of get it. Yeah. You right. know that intertwining the intertwine idea yeah. of play so to the initial part of your question that and not even just about milwaukee being hometown or not but right. just the value of place oh totally so for me it's what happens in a place it's always been what um you make do with who's in the place you make magic of the place that is mm -hmm. which is different from giving the place its own shine giving the place its own personality the place its own merit right so i don't i wouldn't say that i have a come to appreciate that until truly in recent years because mm -hmm. it's funny you know as long as I've been here that internal clock of it's time to move someplace else as it's just been a snooze button it's never it's never stopped it's been absolutely a totally I mm -hmm. absolutely like uh, I think it's really like fascinating to hear your thoughts on that because I always think about yeah just the concept of home mm -hmm. in general like home is a very abstract thing and uh, it can like means so many it can mean several different things at once like you know and it doesn't have to be like you know when we think of the word home a lot of times you know our mind jumps to the thought of house you yeah. know home house and people might even use people will use them interchangeably but home is such a broader thing you know it can mean people mm -hmm. you know it can mean your chosen family mm -hmm. 
it can mean that you know your community of creatives or community of friends that you know that are just like-minded or you know have been here for where you felt that sense of comfort with your surroundings or it could also mean just like an object that you connect with so much you mm-hmm. know I could consider that camera right there. I could consider it home, you know? <laughs> right. Right. You know, uh, and uh, like when you're writing, you're talking about writing, um, you know, the pen and paper, that could be home for somebody. The computer mm-hmm. can be home for somebody. Like it could be an object, but we always think about it as a place. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that note, home can be several different places. I'm from the south suburbs of Chicago, originally born and raised. Mm-hmm. Came here for college, UWM, in 2014, and like, it's like yes, like Chicago is still like technically home because I'm native right. of the Chicago area, but you know, Milwaukee, I've grown and prospered and like really found myself like in from being here, and I found yeah, like I found community, I found a safe space, I found beauty and wonder and excitement so many things also sadness and grief and <laughs> all the negatives mm-hmm. you know all of that but like i found that all in milwaukee too mm-hmm. and for that reason like milwaukee's also home um walk like home can also be that vacation spot you go to hey you're right yeah. <laughs> you know like so yeah like home is is not defined by, you know, in a narrow lens. Yeah, like it like you said, like especially because like yeah, you bounced around so much and like went to you lived in so many places, like, you know, yeah. It def- it definitely like gives that concept of home, you apply what happens in that place. Mm-hmm. Where you were in this particular time in your life, like you happen to be here and like this special thing happened when I was at this point in my life, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It definitely is a sliding definition. Um, I think I've, I've come to welcome that. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, where did you go to school? College. Mm-hmm. I went to, I graduated from Illinois, Illinois State. I started at East oh. Carolina. I did my graduate work at Roosevelt and Antioch. Oh, okay. There will be people that are like, oh, wait, don't you go to like Marquette? I'm like, nope. Nope. That's complete. That is uh, the antithesis of where I went. That's a whole different conversation. It certainly is. What did you study? I went for journalism mm-hmm. uh, with a double minor in psychology and communication. So similar to you, mm-hmm. um, I always like English was a strong suit of mine. Mm-hmm. Like I loved, I didn't, I guess I didn't really, I would say I loved writing because like I didn't value it until later until i grew Mm. up and found like the niche of writing i liked to do but yeah like all the literature you know the ap composition and you know Mm -hmm. all that stuff like in in high school like it was just kind of like uh dry and like you know just didn't appeal to me that much but i was always like that was always what i tested well in and whatnot and i love storytelling And I feel like, especially using storytelling as a medium to foster that sense of community, Mm. cultivate a feeling of belongingness with everyone in the room, that's always been a very special thing. And uh, I think that journalism, when it's done creatively and not through the traditional conventional lens of like, oh, I'm writing for 
this major news station or something like mm. journalism in the sense of like where it's telling real community stories that is what I wanted to do um, not getting paid for it yet but you know <laughs> but it's two steps closer yes certainly so yeah I uh, went for journalism what did you go for public relations Oh, yeah. So, but also with a psych minor, it set out to go with my thought was I'd be a family counselor okay. and do psychology sure. and the semester and like this is boring. Yeah. Um, yeah. But of course, you know, everything at 18, when you don't realize you don't know anything at all, you know, there's so much more in the field, but I was always fascinated by everything we don't know about the mind and all those pieces. Mm, um, that we still don't that know. That we still right. don't know. Yeah. Uh, yes. <clears throat> so in went to PR and it's interesting I did a journal you know journal, journalism class as part mm -hmm. of that sign up the lineup and I remember thinking oh my goodness what no adverbs no adjectives this is awful right. who would so that definitely x out right. for me the idea because you're thinking well they're such close cousins you know you're yeah. gonna go PR you're gonna go journalism you're gonna go broadcast um so this idea of taking this class where you're just and it is actually who what where when why and it's the facts so it's to your point it's not telling a story mm -hmm. It is telling a story, but it's more focused on telling what happened, mm -hmm. which is different from telling a story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, for me, was a, the distinction in terms of how I like to wield words and spend mm -hmm. time on the page. But I also had a class where, the, especially in PR, any any subject, but particularly would have a practice involved. You've been out there in the world, you know, you're not just a professor who's sharing what you, from these books. Mm -hmm. So she gave this real work experience and it was talking about um, um, having a client that needed uh, an event planned and just was talking in general about, so there's doing any reports, all the different things you can do in PR and oh my goodness, this is just the worst. Mm -hmm. I'm already stuck on here, like I'm sorry, there's a job that you can get paid to play a part Right, yeah. I'm gonna need you to fix your face, teacher what is lady. This, what is what this, is The Sims? <laughs> Are we playing The Sims right now? And she had an attitude, which made me have an attitude yeah. that you don't even, you don't, so that was even the option. So it was being able to do writing, yeah. which was the communications classes, sure. and then being able to be, you know, in the PR and you're able to plan things yeah. and then you throw in that communication and there's the strategy and that uh -huh. part of why you're going to do this creative thing yeah. and moving into those worlds that, that made it very seduco so I've been appreciated it's, it's brings all of those parts of my brain and, and time together so I went out and do that work. Oh awesome yeah. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a, yeah like it's the classic trope of like it's not always what you say, but how you say it, mm -hmm. you know. What you say, how you say it, when you say it, to whom you it is said. Damn. That's it's PR, baby. That. <laughs> that's been spilled all over. That is no. That like all of those factors hugely, you know, got to take into account. Like, especially when you, yeah, like when you have like a platform to be telling stories. Like, yeah, you think about like yeah the target audience, you think about what, like, the tone of, like, how I'm telling the story. You know, it's all, like, that English terminology mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, it carries mm -hmm. over very well. So, uh, tell me about Still the history of Stillwater's Collective sure. and uh, how it started and everything. Stillwater's Collective started in 2000. We are 20 this year. 20. 
Happy birthday. Thank you. Still waters collected. Thank you. 20 years. Um, and it started with an open mic. Uh, so my ex and I had a bar that we owned and one of the first things we put on the calendar was this open mic. Mm. So prior to that, I'd been go been invited to go to a few open mics that were here in the city and I'd been to some because I had just moved back up here from Chicago. Mm. Um, did some time in Oak Park. Oh, very nice. <laughs> right. the, other, the other end of the West side. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oak Park. Yes. Oh, and for those of you know Chicago, that's like repping Tosa. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, it actually it's like legit a Tosa. <laughs> you know, Logan Square is the River West. You know, Wicker Park is Bayview. And Oak Park's Tosa. Oak Park's Tosa. Yeah, so I was repping Tosa. Um, and coming back up to the space. So at that time I'd gone to some open mics when I was in Chicago and it was like, oh, and it was very social. Yeah. And, I, and this is different and this is cool and it was fun. And then being able to go traditional and I'm going to open mic because it's the open mic. And between those two experiences for me it was, oh, so these count as poems? This is nothing like the stuff that I was reading in school, huh? And then you have the experience of watching this person that's mm -hmm. that's in front of you and it's you can tell it's their words and it's their story and, and they're having this moment of sharing it yeah. either with bravado or they're nervous and the people in the room are part of that so just this alchemy of the experience really drew me in um like i said i've been writing since i was a kid so i had short stories and you know short story manuscripts that i had in place and there was one that i would have been working on that i i fashioned myself putting little poems in between the chapters mm -hmm. as a segue so sure. it's definitely not about the poetry but more this function of getting from one fiction piece to the next um so i ended up sharing some of those at this open mic and as any great host would do and i definitely took from her so at this point i you you now are part of my family and you need to come and read again we right. need this little thing yeah um, right little old me little old me yeah so i i definitely by the thousands have shared that out to folks going oh, i know you didn't think you're going to read but you should yeah. I know you're not a poet, but you are. So, sure. uh, <laughs> right, yeah. And so we go. So Stillwater started with that as an as initial open mic. And around that same time, because I'm working on this fiction piece, I have a, a novella that I put out around the same time. And so then I'm getting, um, started getting phone calls. Hey, I heard you were a real author. Could you come into our class and do a, sure, 50 bucks? Yeah, I can come into your class and figure out a thing and teach us and do something. Mm -hmm. But I was very mindful that I'm not, um, at the time anyway, I didn't have any degrees or any pedigree or I, I couldn't tell you anything about poetry that I didn't have to go look up myself. So I was very conscious of not misrepresenting what I knew, who I was, and what I was here to do. Mm -hmm. um, so <clears throat> I immediately went into going, I know how to make words work though. I know what words can do and I, I at that point had experience of turning ideas into experiences. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was, all right, so we're going to go into these classrooms and my first question is, how many of you know you have great ideas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. But you, and I would expect, I would have expected that at high school, mm -hmm. middle school. These are third graders. And then I, at that point, I'm now being invited to do after school programs and come to this class and come to that class. And I'm in a kindergarten room. And these babies didn't have good ideas. They weren't, a, and just the nature of a munchkin, I should not be able to quiet you once I invite you to get on a spaceship. 
Mm. I should not be able to get this little cluster to settle down right. once we get in, get our imagination going. Yeah. Um, so about that time, I started doing some research to get a better sense of why I was being invited back. You know, one, <laughs> I'm awesome. Um, <laughs> clearly. 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 But I really wanted to understand the, the why of it. So mm -hmm. is it, because I knew it was more than just plugging in a teacher's time and, and there was something that I was getting and I'm also noting from the students. So I just really invested in what I was doing, why it was working, and I started to do research about the impact of play, about the impact of writing, about creative writing, um, and imagination, and those just on a, on a broad scale, not just with students, but just understanding the pieces to it, and came to understand that it's a self-efficacy, mm -hmm. you know, which is, I've just explained it as a shade of confidence. So efficacy is basic, is basic baseline, I know I can do this thing. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Which is a practical sense doesn't feel important, especially if we're talking about a poem. But understanding that that's the that that was a common denominator of all the research, playing, creativity, imagination, and writing and poetry. Yeah. It was okay. Um, it also gave me confirmation that going into these classrooms or these workshops or these conferences. Fellowships is as advanced to that it's less about, in fact, it's not at all about getting you from here to a poem, but getting you from here to I did this thing. Yeah. Um, and in the process of doing that, it's a it's breaking down. Of course you don't know, because I just introduced this whole idea to you. But then it could be this. So what are some other ideas? And then what, which one would you choose? And then what could you do with that? And then how would you add to it? And then what would you do when you talk to each other and do it together? And look at here, you landed on a poem. Mm. That's crappy, <laughs> but you landed on this poem. And it gets in part of your body that for every other thing that comes your way that you say you can't do, you may not remember that you wrote this ode to a coffee cup, but in your body you know that you, you've done this thing that you thought you couldn't do yeah um so that's and even and that was never how i introduced okay we're gonna do confidence and efficacy today class yeah. you just know that this lady came in and is asking you questions and is making you be creative and is gives you a prompt that feels impossible until you land on this poem so i know why i'm there and I know what I'm hoping to ignite in this ex in these exercises. And on the end of that, if there are poems that happen that are great to boot, then we win doubly. And so over the course of this time, so that was the work of me. And, and the good news was I got to a point where I couldn't be in all the schools. I couldn't be in all the classes. Mm -hmm. There are only so many days and so many yeah. you know, hours. <clears throat> and I started to invite other uh, a, poets that, that, I had, that I knew on the scene to help teach these classes. So that worked for a while and it didn't, you know, it, was, it wasn't a whole lot of money, mm. not that it still isn't anymore, um, or it is now, so it wasn't a whole lot. And then it was who's available, who's not working to the day, who's, and you can be a great poet, but you should not be in front of children. Learn that. Right. <laughs> you know, or yeah. you are, you know, you're great in front of kids, but, or and, so there are always a lot right. of these Variables. pieces. Right, yeah. figure out who's gonna be on this team, or you're consistent, or you're going, but you're not doing any lessons planned because you're going rogue. There's a, there's an tension behind this work. Right. Um, I later learned how to 
how to communicate and help people become yeah. uh, get comfortable in that space because it's totally you got a room full of 30 young people mm. it can go a lot of ways yeah but a lot of it more uh, at that moment it was i was really particular about mm, using my radar to kind of scan are you don't get me wrong i'm not mad anybody that wants their 50 dollars, right so i don't begrudge anybody who does a thing you have to pay a bill so it wasn't that but it can't be only that mm-hmm. um okay if it is only that i want you to be there because this thing that you're you're igniting is at least at the heart of what you're working on not you wanting to go and stunt in front of a bunch of fifth graders because mm-hmm. that doesn't help them so the teacher invited us in for and you lost an opportunity they're not really impressed with that poem that she read they don't know what you're talking about yeah um so there's those pieces so really wanting to go in and have this people um having an inclination of being willing to have a moment with a class yeah and that already starts knocking out who you're going to invite to be a part of the experience. So, um, and then it came to a space and I thought, oh my goodness. So we continue to grow and now we've added a poetry slam league. So mm-hmm. we are taking slam into schools and it was three high schools to start. And at the largest over 10 years became 16 high schools doing wow. poetry slams against each other. Um, and so at this point now I've got these high school students and once they graduated, they stay in my phone. And right. it was, Huh, well what if if we taught, if I did the training and got them prepared and I'm gonna give them backup. So initially it was as a the rule was you graduate, you have to wait one year because if you're going off to college, I need you to focus. College is not the thirteenth grade. So there's a focus. This is not gonna be the reason why you don't you know, so but would hire them mm-hmm. and then match you with one of these adult uh, mentors and you're going into class together and then they were able to do it so at that point i've got people around me to help me think through how to create a training so we had this internship and then they're facilitators and they're going mm-hmm. in so you're going back to your high school now you're the coach of oh, this yeah, high school slam right. team and then, yeah. and then it's me learning how to teach teachers how to teach so we grow we have definitely grown together um in terms of of having an idea and figuring out how to take it out of me and create principles and a and a process and an opportunity and go scramble to find money to pay people right yeah um, so that we can ex- and then not to expand it but to serve um the teachers in, in the schools and the young people that were interested um Certainly. and so open mics are still happening and we have an adult poetry slam that's you know going off and competing across mm-hmm. the country and we're driving to detroit in the middle of the night to go battle off against um other poets in the city so we were just this really this vibrant scene of um of grown folks who were giving themselves permission to make things up and figure it out and and keep each other honest along the way yeah um still waters and i looked over my shoulder one day and was like oh my goodness i, I like officially because it yeah. was this event and then this project and then that event and then that school and then that series it was a brand absolutely definitely but yeah organization mm, that wasn't what I set out to do we're gonna do yeah. this thing and then we get a chance to do some other stuff so it's kind of like um, I have a not like a chef impressive but I have a pretty decent amount of spices in my kitchen oh certainly 
and not because I knew those spices, but the recipe I was working on called for that spice. So then you've got the jar left over. But now that you've used it, you can use it in other things. Um, so that is an example. It was, you know, still water is like my spice drawer, mm. you know, and saying this out loud with you, I actually need a bigger spice drawer. Um, so still water, so <laughs> that case is that it was a spice drawer. It really is bustling. We can't. Yeah, right. We got spices stacked on top. Oh, of that's the like piles. me. That's like me with my dresser, you know. I, my clothes. I have too many clothes, mm -hmm. and now my like my dresser's my, my dresser's like overflowing. Right, 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 just peeking out. Right. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just, you you don't you don't get rid of clothes. You just get a bigger dresser. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I sh I do. There's some stuff I do need to give away. Mm -hmm. I, I should go. I cannot co-sign with that. I can cannot cannot co-sign. I I sh I. Sh there is a clothing drive happening on Sunday mm. at the Cream City Hostel. I might give some clothes Would to them. Would you look at that? Exactly. See, the universe coming back. Coming back. Now, I won't make you go through the whole does it bring you joy. We won't get you, we won't make you go that route, but you haven't worn a toss it. Right. I mean, yeah. start there. Start there. Oh, yeah, certainly. It's just buried so deep in there. <laughs> I didn't even know I still had this. You didn't even know it was still there. So right. I yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Um, so, Stillwaters as a, as a entity, this, this, um, bustle of people and projects and successes and experiments um, at the in an internship and then we added a fellowship so mm -hmm. I found that teaching the, with the internship is training someone to do a very specific task you're going to be a teaching artist you're going to be a coach you're going to do you'll deliver this lesson plan you're going to have this relationship yeah. with the teacher so let's and there's still growth in that obviously yeah. in leadership and whatnot but I found that um, my my sugar babies just to watch them out in the world and have a conversation and they'll go wait 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 what do you mean you're afraid to make a phone call wait 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 now this is after we've talked about all the isms we've addressed the all the issues with your father we talked about that news story mm -hmm. we imagined what the universe would be like what we've had so i know the capacity and the capability of your mind of your heart of for the what you've shared anyway what you've been through so i know this person that i've mm -hmm. spent a few years getting to know you don't what Hmm. And it's and I could appreciate. It. I know that there were very there were pot, wonderful things. I was surrounded by love and really great examples. And there were still things I had to figure out and that I had told myself contrary to. Yeah. Um, right. So it's sometimes the environment that gave you bad information or treated you a certain way. So that's a real thing. Yeah. But there's also a part of us as young people where you hear it. And because of whatever's happening with you, or you only have heard it, or you're half listening, or you, whatever the reason, you it processes and sits with you in a way that's not accurate. You know? Yeah. Um, totally. And especially when that's something where it's how you think about yourself or mm -hmm. what you're capable of. Um, so, in, in, in sharing, in setting that up, I figured, okay, I know I've told this person that they were great, and I know I've told them where they could work. I, I know that I know that I've been at least one person in their life. I know that they're up, uh, hmm, you know what? I can show you better than I can tell you. 
So again, did another tap dance for some money and was able to pull together a fellowship and we were able to do four years and there were three to four alumni in each cohort. And it was, all right, so you're willing to spend a year with me. Okay. And it was, and based, so tell me what you're interested in. Tell me something that you're curious about and you know a little bit about, but you really don't know anything about it, but you wouldn't mind getting engaged um, and ask some other questions and then built a fellowship around those interests. Um, and the, it was going to conferences. It was, uh, which sounds like a silly thing, you've been to conferences before. No, 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 you, you're, you're a sugar baby, a grown-up. Right, a, yeah. a neo, I call me the neo-grown. You are neo-grown. 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 Um, Is that an original term? Yes. <laughs> you're neo-grown. So it's, it's this feeling of, I'm not going as a student, which I think is a different feeling, but I'm here as a as a conference attendee. Mm, yeah. Um, and you're and you're in these discussions. We um, did media with these media blocks. So I would have this curriculum of you're going to listen to this podcast, watch this documentary. Um, we're going to read this article, and then we're going to have a three hour lunch conversation oh, wow. and just go. What'd you think? What didn't you like? And not yeah. in a and not in a. I'm not testing you. So we all have this information in our heads. So we can sit down and really talk about it. Yeah. And just like, and what do you think? Oh, that was garbage. So right. having those experiences, um, they created things along the way. They had projects that they were able to initiate. Uh, one of my favorite parts is we had a series called, in the summer, called The Feed. And in that it was, I would reach out to folks and say, hey, uh, my fellows and I would like to take you to lunch. Hmm. Um, and my introduction, my invitation rather to the um, the guest was you're not giving a motivational speech, it's not a career talk, we're just going to lunch. Mm. And to my fellows, you're not doing an interview, you're not, you know, sucking up, we're going to lunch. Um, and for them to kind of sit and see, and in one lunch we ended up talking about difficult mothers. Mm. The, our guest, her mother had just passed and so she was able to follow to this conversation of it's a loss but it's and part of how it's hard is because our relationship was so difficult. So I miss her because she's my mother, but I don't miss her because she was my mother. Yeah. And so how do you navigate that? And now that she's gone. So they were able to have this discussion about relationships. Yeah. There was another one we talked about um, just the idea of being ambitious and when is it because you're supposed to. And, and right. so for them to hear the human part, the questioning part of these folks who have these big fancy business cards of folks mm. who work at wherever um, who are you know scary grown-ups yeah. and at the end of it they say you know what I most appreciate this is a fellow sharing is that I'm I'm reminded that I am able to hold a conversation yeah of course you are yeah and you know that um, but we've been we've been taught and then we turn around and you know that, that, that abuse that cycles down we were told that we don't count until we're 18 or we have a mortgage and then we turn around and continue to tell young people when you get a job at a 401k, then then your opinion will matter and you'll be able to figure things out. Now don't get me wrong, your brains are still growing until you're 25, but you have something to contribute to this dialogue if you start now. Yeah. Um, so being, being able to create that experience yeah. and the projects they came up with and, and, we, and I was able to learn from it also, refined it you know, each year, the mechanics of it. Um, so it was really a profound experience um, to be able to make that happen. So from beginning to not quite end, but at this drawer, this, this I need a whole new drawer, a whole new cabinet, a whole new pantry. 
So we're at this space at this 20th year. I was telling somebody, I said, hey, this year is either going to be a farewell party or what's next party. Oh, yeah. Um, but either event, like the, the folks that you list, you listed, my husband teases me all the time about if nothing else, these great energies that are out in the world and Stillwaters yeah. and me got to be a part of their narrative. Okay. Um, and dare I say them being as, as projected as frown as they've chosen to go. Is Unique one of them too? Mm -hmm. Shout out to Unique. <laughs> Love Unique Russ. Oh, she's amazing. Mm -hmm. She's fantastic. Mm -hmm. oh, awesome. So I'm lucky they found me. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah, that's awesome. I particularly like um we're talking about the fellowship. It sounds like yeah, it's a lot of like um it's a lot of like that what's next, you know? Like it sounds like a lot of that dissecting things, mm -hmm. questioning things, but also spearheading things, leading like becoming a like becoming a, a leader mm -hmm. of discussion and of dialogue and of speaking to a community and what the community needs from others versus like what you can do for a community and like what an individual how an individual relates to that community like i think that the topic of ambition is a is a very important uh conversation to have in that in that lane because yeah it's like when where is the ambition natural versus the ambition is fueled by what's expected mm -hmm. you know check this box check this box check this box check this yes box. and now it's now you're an adult and now you can but i you know yeah i'm an adult by age but this this i was driven towards things that aren't i don't i don't feel as driven now yeah and you realize that the drive is right. what's driving you not where you're going exactly and so it's is it a chore or is it my is it that truth that i wake up every day and am compelled towards mm. of sorts mm -hmm. you know like anyone can like ask themselves that and especially if you're creative like you have to ask yourself that you're like whether it's like you're doing poetry or you make music or you know i'm doing a podcast like mm -hmm. it's like oh am i like do i keep doing this because like you know i'm ambitious with it like i as in like i just love it like i love every moment of it it i feel wholesome doing it it fulfills a void in me that nothing else fills hmm. versus this is what everyone knows me by and i feel like i've made this you know i made this name for myself but i'm not totally sure if it's if it's if that truth that i found in it initially has remained you know and Hmm, sounds oh. like a relationship. Right. Yes. Yeah. I basically described, uh, you know, my failed partners in the past. But right. Questioning like where that that inspiration, that motivation, like, you know, where in life are you uh, deriving that from? Like, what in life are you deriving that from? And what? Where do you want to take it? You know, what are your goals with it? Who do you want? to share this with and uh, what's the impact you want to make on your community mm -hmm. impact at the end of the day is you know that's the most important part i would say i would agree and at the same time i'm in this moment i'm thinking of an artist that i know um and she says but <clears throat> what if i don't want a, my art to be about the community or an ism or rescuing anybody i just want to paint a thing 
I just want to do this art. And there mm -hmm. is that um, truth of, as a, as a, I was going to say true artist, but it's really unfair, but as a focused, um, pure artist, traditional yeah, artist, perhaps, sure. might be more, more um, accommodating. And not putting that pressure, what? You're, you're writing poems about just your life? Not humanity. Right. You're only making art that's beautiful. Yeah, not, yeah. it's not contributing to social right. justice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what my violin is for. Right. <laughs> um, so I would say too, I like to appreciate that with my poetry. You know, especially in the open mic and the slam scene, it was. Oh, well, I don't have that personal narrative. So if I need to tell a narrative about doing homework over the dark and backflips on pissy mattresses and all those things to make my poetry valuable, then I would, then I would think that I wasn't. I'm not a poet. Mm -hmm. Problem. Yeah. So it's it's already what kind of artist you want to be? What? Why am I doing this? What is the message? Yeah. What's how? Do, what's the okay before the tone and the who and the oh, what time? Yeah, all absolutely. those things don't go into how we create this work. Totally. And I think it's how you how you assign your work, the worth to your work, being able to have that span of yes is to cure all the social ills and because it's, it, it feeds my soul and it's beautiful. Mm. Um, That's true. That's know, absolutely true. Be able to have that range because I would say that's something I've been mindful of. Um, you know, if, if poetry alone, once you throw in all the genres, become really layered discussion. But just poetry alone, that goofy poem that you wrote about not being able to snap your fingers is just as relevant as this piece about you know reducing the number of prisoners in the state, and really then celebrating the fact that you wrote it, how you wrote right. it, how all those different things. Right. Um, but yeah, so as a as a creative, you know, I personally have been. Um, Making it a point to be specific in that language over artists, I had a um, a community organizer. You know, we were having this discussion. We planned a symposium together a year ago, and he said, you know, because if you think about it, if you start having discussions about artists and creatives, you're just inviting a, another hierarchy. I went, yeah. You better say that truth, mm. and it's true. It's you know, absolutely yeah. And it re it reduces. The idea going back to being creative, you're 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 figuring out what to do with that paste. Oh, you're yeah. solving problems. You're feeding your soul. You're getting a shortcut to your job. You're getting your coworker to write the report. You're being creative. Yes. Um, which is everybody because all oh, yeah. brains do. Mm -hmm. And if you're able to dance or sing or play the flute, that's another discussion and that's great. But putting all of us back in that discussion gives all of us a permission. Oh, of course. To do, to be all of ourselves. Um, so I've leaned into that creative process, you know, going back to with Stillwaters, it was poetry and spoken word was the mode that I was going to the schools with, you know, but expanding and, and not that I've done a lot of Stillwaters work with, you know, dancers and photographers and such, but the creative process, you know, has been really how the work and this community has expanded in a bit. So, okay, how do we... How do we use this process of I don't know and think through what's possible, what if, what are your choices, what are you going to do, what happens when you say it together and then here yeah. we are, that becomes a conversation, it becomes a fellowship, it becomes um, a series of neighborhood-based projects, it becomes card night that has a, oh, yeah. you know, a, a fundraising or a public service thing yeah. attached to it. So then that becomes, how do we just create space for people to be together or think 
or especially to reflect the, all the different ways we think about this glass of water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to learn so much just by listening to you talk about this glass of water. Why? Because I don't have your brain. And you are inevitably going to say something that I would have never thought of. Why? Because I don't have your brain, your life, your experience, your perspective. And it can be fun. And then you leave out going, you know what? There are a lot of ways to think about this glass of water. Right. And you go on with your life. But you have that again. It's muscle memory of what's possible. So I broker in what's possible. And Stillwaters has been a journey to make that happen. That's so amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm debating whether or not I should actually describe this glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> Also, on the note of the uh, of card night, uh, Aaliyah did tell me that I need to have a Mr. Nice Guy game night. Still hasn't happened. I know so. a place you can do it. I do too. And we're about to talk about <laughs> it. Um, well, um, yes. Uh, well, all that is beautiful. Just like that, you know, that exchange of yeah, like just creative instinct and ideas in a way where it's, everyone is peacefully given the the space to exist and be seen and heard mm -hmm. like that's that's beautiful uh, nobody knows what they're talking about and everybody's an expert it, master of none right mm -hmm. uh so the retreat yes. tell me a little bit about the space how it started mm -hmm. and what your yeah like what your how you envisioned it um the initially we thought it was going to be a coffee shop because that's the the capital, <laughs> capitalism is a thing, but as looking at the figuring out what's going to be a business in which we can have this pu purpose, and just the math of a barista, an espresso machine, and da, 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 it was uh, definitely overbearing this purpose that we actually wanted to have. So it was thinking of how to not just have a gathering place, but a gathering place that did all the things, that it was for performance, it's for workshops, it's for conversations. Um, and there's a podcast studio that's inside, and we also do have coffee. Ooh. Check it out. Podcast and coffee. Podcast and co I mean, I mean, right? Shit. <laughs> and a bar. And a bar. Damn, all times of day type all shit. All times of day type shit. Right. Oh, you know, love so that. My husband and I, um, in thinking about the name, and we landed on the retreat, and by definition, to retreat is to fall back in the face of a seemingly greater power. And the reality is sometimes you got to fall back and figure shit out. And for this to be a place where that happens, um, we have little vignettes hanging in the space that... Um, that describe other venues across the country and across the timeline that were unexpected places where critical conversations happen. Mm -hmm. um, the building itself used to be a barbershop. So initially, used to be a barbershop, and so that's the first story that we share. Because um, G's Clippers, he's 25, 30 years, one of the largest barbershops in the city, and he is a community steward. And, you know, the fellas will be in there getting their hair cut and pop, somebody's getting a prostate exam. You're, you are a captured audience. We are having this conversation right now, sir. Yeah. <laughs> right? And be still. And right. be still because it's on your ear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so he, and he's a supporter of the arts and, 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 and has had events at his space. So, was telling the story of this unexpected, it's more than a barbershop, these mm -hmm. things happen. There's a health food store in LA that cleared out its back in yeah. once a week for a hip hop open mic. Eminem went there, Ava DuVarnia dropped bars there. Um, there 
there's a, a nondescript little house in Detroit where um, um, Ruthie, oh, Ruthie, Ruthie and Babe, they were a gay couple, and this is in the 50s, mm. black gay couple. Okay. And so they created this after hours place, you know, for folks that got kicked out, you know, the girl, women that got kicked out of their homes mm. and for women that needed a place to come together and, and, and have a drink and dance. Yeah. And upon her passing, there's a, it's a um, similar to Pathways, so there's a facility that's opened for runaways because she spent her life, com, you know, committing to advocacy for mm. runaways for LGBTQ um, advocacy, particularly for young people. But her house was called the Gay Spot. <laughs> ah. You know, so the picture and a story about her in that place. Um, so we have these narratives. So that people come through and yes, we'll of course do a baby shower. Yes, we'll have some birthday parties, yeah. but would really, 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 really want to have folks rethink of us when they think of where they want to have that debate or the, where they want to have that author signing or where they want to get together and have that board meeting, um, that we become a space where people know they're going to come and be comfortable, be vulnerable, and come up to solutions. Retreat, figure it out, and come back out with ideas we can be better. Yeah. So human and social wellness is the purpose of the retreat. I love that. Human and social wellness. Mm -hmm. Shout out to that. <laughs> yeah. We can, we can do it, people. Honestly. Humans, like, we can do it. Yeah, like, um, yeah, like, it's, it's going back to a lot of that, um, you know, just sort of like what you hoped to cultivate through doing Still Waters mm -hmm. is like, you know, finding, like, cultivating that, you know, that center for, you know, discussion about you know, our real, about the real world, about real issues, about yeah. real community, but also being comfortable and safe and where everyone has like that opportunity to like, you know, bring to platform a discussion or an event that they want to have. Mm -hmm. Like that's like, yeah, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. We, we, uh, can't have uh, too many of you know, uh, spaces like that, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, yeah. So uh, week by week. So uh, what do you what do y'all have coming up mm -hmm. at the retreat? Mm -hmm. um, we have a few things that, in terms of the programming that we offer. Otherwise, we don't have in day inventory for people to come and do their events and have their shows. Sure, yeah. So the things that we have, one, we, through Stillwaters, we have a literary series. Every Wednesday is Just Write Wednesdays because we're clever. W-R-I-T-E-R. <laughs> so open the doors and for people, like, and selfishly, I need to finish this manuscript. Mm -hmm. So I make Wednesdays my writing day. I open the doors. I will drink those three gallons of coffee by myself if I have to. I really won't, Mama. I won't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and people come through, do that. So I know it's about making the time to get it done. So I've got some folks that will come in as a, a grant writer. He leaves his office. And instead of working in the office, he comes in the space. There are students that have come through. Um, and people kind of come in, they fall in, they scribble. And a lot of it is just you can see them going, oh, look at me. Yeah. Look at me. <laughs> Writing. Yeah. Oh, Look at little old me. Look at little old me giving myself time to write. Oh my god. And I had that same experience too. As a professional writer, I still yeah. have that. Um, so we have those. We in the evenings is a rotation of events. We have an open mic. We have a slam. Mm. We have a Wednesday night word shop where the community comes in and gives one another prompts so that we're always 
have a, 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 um, a lot of options in our journals when we, when we want to sit down and write. Um, another series that we have is called About That. About That. About That. It takes a piece of art to launch a relevant social conversation. So, so far we've had a film that we used, um, that we worked with, Jezebel, mm -hmm. as part of the film festival. So loosely a story about these um, Neil groans whose mother passes away. And they're like, okay, so about these bills. First we're gonna bury mama, then we have to pay these bills. So uh, I'm gonna be a cam girl, you're gonna work the phone lines, and this is based in Vegas, and we're gonna get this money. And so the discussion was, yes, about the film, maybe 10 whole minutes worth, because most of us hadn't seen it, you know, the book club. But then, it, but it was this, it went a discussion of, but what is that about? And what it, one of the women commented on how what for her was jarring was how un, unbothered the girls were. And she said, I don't know if it's a setting because it's Vegas, you know, in Milwaukee with our history and our pedigree in trafficking what does that mean which then became a conversation of well there's trafficking and then there's consensual sex work and these laws are keeping folks from being trafficked keeping them safe but it's also keeping these consensual professionals less safe and why can't somebody barter their own body if they choose to and what does it mean and how could we and you know actually this this uh uh, this prudishness, it's not really how I feel. I actually wouldn't mind, but my, my deacon said, and so we had this whole discussion of sexuality, of sensuality, ending with a man bringing into the discussion, you know what's wrong is we're missing intimacy. Matthew, you better say that. And he described how all of our relationships, largely because of social media, are so transactional. Yeah. And missing that piece, you know, how can you just sit in a space and, and value that anymore? Um, then we had a, an author that was in town wrote a book called The Black Card and so invited this conversation about, about blackness mm -hmm. and what does that look like at work? How does that, what is, how do we share that? One of the guys, this white guy said, I know this sounds awful, but I use his black card, you know, because with him, I'm given access to conversations like this. I give myself permission to listen, listen to hip hop when I might not have other words, otherwise. Um, another sister talked about the because of conversation of blackness and class you know so yes i'm mad at amarosa and clarence you know clarence thomas but maybe i'm that person to my cousin raekwon because i got an issue about his pants sagging and the braids in his hair so it really was this rich discussion about all these conversations that we have and don't have um, we had a podcast you know a, a project and we were talking about baby daddies and the other side of that discussion that we don't have you know those fathers who are present who are active who are trying their damnedest and she's still mad so you can't see your kids you know or you're trying to get these things in place but the court systems yeah. treats all of the fathers yeah. like they're all deadbeats and right. what that looks like and we don't have any any conversations on the women's side right so we don't check our female counterparts, our, our sisters, our cousins, our women who are playing these child support chess games um, because it's been normalized yeah. as this is just what it is. We don't, so those things. So having this, you know, we are able to celebrate a piece of art and then you get people in a room and I have maybe, there are usually about four or five people who've been in, who will be a Kickstarter. So the invitation has been, I just want you to come and you'll be one of the first four people to speak. 
uh, you'll get three, four minutes, just go. You can ramble, you can rant, you can tell a story, you can drop a bit of wisdom, ask a bunch of questions, but we're just gonna listen to you. Mm. And then the next and the next. And then by the time four people do that, we are in a conversation because people are now buzzing to be able to respond and, and add their insight, their yeah. experience. Um, and the invitation is that everyone is an expert from their seat. So even if your expertise is, I have no idea what the fuck y'all are talking about, we want that in the conversation. So, because then are we, why don't you know, or how don't you know, or what does that feel like in not knowing? So um, mm. it's been really powerful. So we just had a note today um, the about that we were plan we were going to have this week this month is being rescheduled because of the Rona, right? Because of the Rona hour, and not, not that we are postponing it. We have an author that's traveling, and their publisher has suspended her tour dates. Mm. Um, so we'll have so we'll do two in April. So in April, we'll have about that misunderstanding, based on a play that's running at the Renaissance Theater Works that is. Two people, it's about the hookup culture. Oh, yeah. It's about two people that had a sexual experience and one finds out afterwards that consent wasn't involved. And of course, the one who did or did, haven't seen the play yet, you know, so that's that narrow window, which is yeah. not narrow at all, is what we don't talk about. That's important discussion to have. You know, because it's so, and no, you just should have known. Well, the guy's like, I would never. And I thought, and how are you? But, it's by by handbook. We just have to. I'm sorry. You have to get strung up now, sir. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have to lynch you because the hashtag says we're supposed to. Certainly. Yeah. But maybe you are supposed to get strung down this road on the back of a truck. And what is it? Space in the middle of how do we as a culture have this discussion? Mm -hmm. So it's and it's inviting people that are and I'm very intentional of inviting people that are from multiple perspectives again around this glass yeah, of water right. um so yeah about that prescription will be the next one this novelist who's being her travels is being postponed her book is about um uh, medical or uh, research on black and brown bodies mm. so it's fiction but it ain't um mm. so we're going to talk about what's that relationship and why why aren't we eating more healthy why are we taking all these medications yeah. when we know what they do and and there's a, a meta, there's a science project that's actually Milwaukee's one of the cities. Their campaign is to get a million people of color to donate their DNA this year. Medical research that uh, allows them to create this medication, all the medications that are available now, largely were tested on white men. So with heart medications specifically, as an example, there are medications that treat heart disease and heart conditions that if you give it to me, it's going to harm me. If you give it to my father, it's going to kill him. Yeah, so because we weren't included in the initial research. So knowing that now, how do we finally augment this mistake that we made? So, and, and here's his invitation, which makes a lot of sense. <sighs> Except for your track record. <laughs> Right. Except for your track record, what it comes down to. Um, is the issue. So, but let's talk about it. So, there's a value to this. There's also some legitimate concern to this. Um, so that'll be the about that prescription. So sure. we've got um, consent, medical industry, masculinity, um, voting, gentrification, um, dual, uh, uh, bi uh, multicultural. You know that I had this heard this quote. People that have multiple. Um, ethnic and, her and uh, cultural heritages, he says, well, which grandparent am I supposed to deny? 
the uh, the eye meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, you know, so I if if I'm Afro Latina, do I have to I have to choose? So I, I have to be Puerto Rican. I can't right. be black, but they're in my family. That's my right. family tree. So that conversation. Yeah. So there's and so last stuff in January was about that gray matter. There's a um like an animator. He has this new animated web series called Senior Living. Mm-hmm. So we have to talk about his project, and and it's really exciting that you're able to showcase these new pieces of art by artists that you probably don't know, and they're able to promote their work. But more importantly, we're able to be in a room together and have a conversation. Yeah. So that matters to all of us. So about that is every month we the the open mics and the the literary pieces are every Wednesday. And we have a series of retreats that we have at the retreat that are delivered by yours, hopefully. Yeah, yours, by yours truly. Are there, are there games? There's games. There's always games. And there's a bar. <laughs> bar and games. Bar games. Yeah. Hell yeah. A card night is what I do. Amazing. I have, okay. I have ideas. I have oh, great. I have ideas. So, <laughs> and I had to, you know, make sure that I kind of kept it really, and all my sugar babies know about the hamster, which is my brain. Um, stays in the little wheel. Oh, yeah. It's, it never sleeps. It's always nibbling on things. So <laughs> to be in a space of making the space available and again, going back to that strategy, what is the series that will make sense for our purpose? Yeah. Um, and that will be a catalyst. So the other thing that would be part of our programming is our folk school. Because folks know shit. Folk school. Folk school. So folk school comes from the tradition of the freedom schools um, through the civil rights era, um, popular education um, in Latin America, mm-hmm. um, folk schoolers in Scandinavia, and it is people that know things being able to teach other folks who want to oh, learn yeah. that thing. That's um, good. And I explained to our faculty that they are the priority. So yes, ultimately this is going to get a lot of information and, and resources out into the community at large. But primarily is to create this template, this mechanism for folks who know shit to get paid. Mm-hmm. So I have a class as an example that I taught, two of them. So I have a class I taught at Alverno and a class that I taught, and another one I taught at Mount Mary. I'm going to take make four class versions of the semester and then do a registration and people will sign up and it'll be That's great. That's awesome. And so, so far we have like already 16 classes that people have submitted. So there's a burlesque dancing class. There's how to read a blueprint and flip properties. Um, um, uh, there's, there's professional development for educators, DEI. We've got a web development, um, soft skill management. And the range was on and on. So it yeah. is inviting folks to think about how they, wh- what do you want to teach? So now you've got the mechanism and a place. We've got all of the stuff. We'll run the registration and split the registration with you. So you get paid for the shit that you know. Holy shit. That's awesome. Y'all have so many uh, initiatives going on. That oh, is amazing. All about change. That's so cool. <laughs> I love... That's awesome. Like, you have so, so much going on over there. And for it to be, like, a nexus of those... Yes. You know of those conversations to create and to communicate change or you know potential change you know like that that's like all those topics are you know it's it seems very like there's just so many layers of crucial discussions that many are sensitive to or they may 
just have difficulty initiating mm -hmm. just elsewhere or they don't know who to talk to about. Um, especially like, you know, being a man, like, I mean, we, I think masculinity is a, one of the most important, you know, uh, dimensions of like societal conversation we need to have because like, I think toxic masculinity is a big uh, root of a lot of issues in the world. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, in that particular month, it's a fashion designer. Oh, and so it's a nice. guy, um, and he's got a show he's working on, and it would be about that armor. Mm -hmm. So that conversation, starting with right. what you think you're supposed to wrap yourself in, and ultimately, again, what you think you're supposed to wrap yeah, yourself in. Right. Um, uh, my husband, Akima, does, facilit does facilitation with men's groups, and there's a, a particular... Almost a TED talk or a video, but it's a it's a gentleman that has this um, talk that he delivers about the man box, and just that exactly what you imagine it is. Here are all the things that you're supposed to do and you have to do, and how tight that lid is, mm -hmm. right? So just right. you know, I've had a chance to facilitate with him actually, um, so to see this firsthand, and not that I didn't believe it otherwise, but also hearing the stories that he shares about the men when they get to this point of. And with him with the relationships in particular, so the guys are with him for like six months. Yeah. So he said, so he says, you think by session fourteen, that's if there's gonna be a breakup, that's when a breakup start happening. Right, yeah, yeah. But that's when things get tense at home because you're doing this work, but your partner maybe isn't. So that dysfunction or that bickering or that her calling you out of your name or demeaning you or you, you know, being whatever those habits were. We don't stop and have the discussion about that man box and these habits that, I mean, a habit is just that. You don't even think or know that you're doing it. Um, but just this description and this moment where, where, these, where these men get to the space of, you know what, I don't deserve this. No, sir, you don't. No, sir, that's not normal. Mm. No, you shouldn't have to tolerate you know, getting hit or glasses, you know, her throwing dishes or him snapping out, whatever your orientation is, but that's not okay. It's, yeah. it's, then so much of our conversation is about how we should be treated. And don't get me wrong, I don't want that to stop, but we can, we have to look at ourselves too. Um, but there's no discussion to, with men or little discussion to men about what you deserve, you know, what a healthy relationship should look like. It's, in toxic masculinity is not just about awful men because as a woman I too am in this water of toxic masculinity mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. toxic masculinity could sh not could shows up with women as well the woman who is going out of her way and uh, to the point where she is making herself vulnerable to do everything to be appealing by according to this man box to the men um, or um, that also goes into appearance and, and attractiveness but we have a mindset um, that we've also absorbed that we may not acknowledge because we don't have we don't have conferences that with women for us to address our habits of toxic, toxic masculinity why because all the grants are getting men to get fixed mm -hmm. all the conversations about how men are awful yeah and don't get me wrong some of your homies are awful um, right. Yeah. But some of my sisters are as well. So mm -hmm. Kima, my husband Kima and I, we have this long-standing, um, I guess, shorthand. So I am the director of the Chick Academy, and he is the dean of Dude School. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> and so we kind of what is 
compared notes to yeah. these things that we grew up understanding yeah. and kind of go and so we had the shorthand of, of being able to identify these moments of babe I'm sorry you know we I'm a t- when I go back we're gonna add that class we're gonna add yeah. that class of not telling a, I, you know what because you know what we write what a not di- what a dynamic what a dynamic what a dynamic not to do it's always a lot of work to do wonderful yeah and all right right gotta get it on uh dasha this was so wonderful to talk to you about um just so much you know it was uh we had a lot of ground we sure did um you know spanning from the stillwaters collective to the uh the the uh abstract concept of home to the retreat Mm -hmm. to being uh ever learning ever evolving in your craft in your you know conscientiousness like we talked a lot about a lot of stuff it was so good to talk to you thank you for having me on you're very welcome next time can we talk about whiskey yeah oh absolutely okay I yeah. <laughs> cover coffee, coffee, but not whiskey. Right, 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 right. Um, I might come to you for that discussion. I might come to the retreat. I got you. Got you on the bar. So as we close out, tell me what keeps you up at night. That is literally what's happening. My my little hamster racing with all the ideas. The hamster, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, yeah. On the wheel. On the wheel. Damn. What puts you to sleep? Weed. Weed. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to weed. Come on, Wisconsin. We're getting there, but we're not there. Okay. So I didn't mean that because it's illegal. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, shit, they didn't see nothing. Thank you for bringing on the show. Absolutely. This was Thank wonderful. You. Still Waters Collective, The Retreat. Check it out. Do your research. And I'll be posting links. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. Cheers.